Are you a Christian? Why? Now, I've been gone for a week and I've been able to think a lot. Why? Because you walked up and said a prayer? Because you got baptized? Because you walked an aisle and you answered yes to the questions you were asked? Because you were sprinkled on as a baby in church? Does that make you a Christian? So I, as, as I've been pondering this, I thought, you know what? And, and Elizabeth said, Paul, I can tell. I can tell when you're really burning. I can tell when it's really you because you like to give definitions. And sure enough, here comes the definition. What is the definition of a Christian? What does the, what does the world view? Well, how do they define Christian? It's pretty funny. Number one, one who professes belief in the teachings of Jesus Christ. Okay. One who professes belief says, I believe in the teachings of Jesus Christ. A disciple. Okay. Now catch this. A member of one of the churches of Christ separating from the disciples of Christ in 1906. A member of the Christian denomination having part in the union of the United Church of Christ concluded in 1961. You can see it gets confusing. What? Let me ask you this. Is Christianity having knowledge of the Bible and the teachings of Jesus? Good. Perfect. I got a yes and a no. Perfect. Yes. But it's just a fraction of being a follower of Christ. A Christian is a follower of Christ. What does that mean? Follower. Does it mean like a duck follows his mother? Well, yeah, but that's not all of it. What's a follower? It's one who follows, not just walks behind, but follows what they do. They try to emulate, try to copy, try to imitate, try to become like. Isn't that what a follower is? That's being a follower of Christ. If it was just the knowledge of. If my Christianity was just based on my knowledge of Christ, then I could probably be considered an evolutionist. I've studied evolution. I've studied it a lot. In order to get a high school, school diploma, I had to understand evolution. In order to get a college diploma, I had to understand evolution. And you know what's funny? You could argue with the professor all day long, and the professor was a Christian. But still, he required you understood evolution. Does that make me an evolutionist? No. But I know about evolution. Do you follow where I'm going? But I'm not a follower of evolution. I'm a golfer. I play golf. Pete and I played one day in Hilton Head, had a great time together. I'm a golfer because I play golf, because I practice golf, because I study golf. I could study all the material out there for golf. And let me tell you, there's a thousand, there's a million. I love the, I, I love the idea of golf. I could go and buy all the equipment to golf. I could go to every seminar about golf. I could even join a club of golfers. But if I never play golf, if I never practice golf, I'm not a golfer. Go talk to a surfer. People that have all the knowledge and have all the equipment and show up and can't surf, 
they will label you not a surfer. Right? But I'm a golfer because I play golf. I get out and I do golf. Many believe that their Christianity is only based on their knowledge of Christ. And that is only a part of Christianity. It does not make you a Christian, a follower of Christ. A while back, about 1,700 years ago, the church drifted into the religion business. Another term for this is beliefism. Rather than Christians giving priority to what we do, we've been taught a view that tells us what's really important is what we believe. What we believe is important. Don't get me wrong. What we believe is important. But does it make sense? The emphasis in church has been placed on believing. If all the church does is focus on the believing, then whatever gets fixed or changed. I'm I'm trying to stretch you a little bit. I can already feel the the thickness. It's going to be good. Don't get me wrong. If you know me, what is... I don't even want to ask this. I know you'll know the answer, but I don't think you would get it rhetorically. One of my biggest drives as your pastor is reading your Bible every day. If you have ever sat under my teaching, you know that the one-year Bible has been one of the greatest life-changing things in my life. I would never remove that. Is that part of my Christianity? Yes, it is. It's a big part. But reading my Bible every day does not make me a Christian. Do you see where I'm trying to go here? Let me give you one more example. Dave Ramsey. I can go and I can read all of Dave Ramsey's books. I can even say, I believe in what Dave Ramsey does. I believe in his principles. I believe in his theories. I believe in him. But if I do not apply what he's done, my finances will never change. I am not a follower of Dave Ramsey. I just have knowledge of him and would even say I agree with him. I can tell you there are many people out here. There are many people that don't know the Lord that would agree with the principles of God. Might even read the Bible. Does that make them a Christian? No. No. All I do is I just have knowledge and I agree with Dave Ramsey. I can have knowledge and even believe in the principles of Jesus. But if I don't change anything about my life in the direction of Scripture and or Jesus, am I a Christian? Can I tell you, faith without works is dead. I believe Caleb could have had all the faith laying there in the bed. But without standing up and speaking and not exercising that faith, he would still be laying there in that bed. Faith without works is dead. Look here, James. uh, Blake, if you don't mind, put that up for me. James chapter 2, verse 20. But but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? You must... Your belief must produce works. 
We want to get so far away from, I mean, we want to so grab hold of grace and it's not about works, but you know what? Our faith has to produce. If not, what is it? Come on. It's dead. We have got to produce. Do people know you by what you say or by what you do? Do you want, do you want to know something? The, the unchurched are tired of what we say. They are looking at what we do. The problem is the two don't meet. We say one thing. And, and listen, I'm talking about myself. We say one thing and we do something else. The church says one thing and then goes out and lives a whole different life. That doesn't work. That's not going to win anybody. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 16. It says, You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits... You will know them. You are known by what you do. Your actions at work or at home. Do your actions at work or at home define you as a follower of Christ? I have to encourage myself sometimes when I bring messages like this because Jesus did not always give a feel-good message. And neither did Paul. So when I want everybody to feel good about me and about the church, sometimes preaching the word of God is not going to be where I find that. But it's what we need. We need to take account of who we are. Does our life show others that we are a follower of Christ? Because I can tell you the world has gotten tired of what we say. And they're looking at what we do. Do you know that we've had more impact over our community by just going and show, just doing the trash? We had a huge impact on the community. We didn't, we weren't handing out tracks. We were just out there picking up trash. What are y'all doing? We're just picking up trash. Wow. The coat drive had some people from Capshaw say, y'all are doing what? We want to be a part of that. Had nothing to do with evangelizing. They could just see something happening. Now that's just us taking two little instances. You are known for what you do. What about our church? Does our actions here at the church through the week define what God desires from the church? Let me ask you this. Is Christianity going to church? Yeah. But it's a small part. I I bet a lot of pastors haven't preached that. It's a small part. I can go to church my whole life and never become a follower of Christ. Never change. You know, people come in for marriage counseling. Desperate. Hurting. Saying, I need help. Tell me what what to do. So I start to lay it out according to scripture, according to to texts that I've read that, that are scripture based. Okay, let's try this. Okay, pastor, that's just what I needed. Thank you. That's going to work. And you know what I tell them? If you don't do this, you will not change. You've got to go out. You can say, yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. 
But if you don't make any change, no change in your marriage is going to happen. And it's not easy. So they go out from here and they don't do anything. What happens? The marriage falls apart. Can you see the difference? I can go to church and I can be I can be taught all this stuff. But if I never try to apply, if all I do is just nod my head and say, good message, pastor, and then go back to my life. Am I a Christian? Jesus sees that we are a Christian by what? By action. What has he said? They will know you are Christians by your love. How will they ever see your love? Your love is your action. Right? I will know that you love me by your obedience. What is obedience? Obedience is action. When my child obeys me, I can't believe you've got out a fan because our heat is not working in here. Hallelujah. We prayed for warmth in here and we've got it. We're going to have it fixed tomorrow. What kind of action did the Lord Jesus require? Helping the widows, feeding the hungry, loving and praying for our enemies, righteousness, transformation. All right. Are you just a Christian on Sunday morning? Is it just a Sunday thing? Come Monday, back to the normal life? Or let me even take it a little bit further. Are you just a Christian for an hour and 15 minutes? Church doesn't save you. Jesus does. Church is a vital connecting vessel to help bring strength to you. To accomplish things you could not do on your own. To help support you through the things that you cannot support yourself. It's a time of group celebration in worship. A time of encouragement that can help you to make it through the trials that you're going through. And also to help you help someone else on what they're going through. Where is church on Monday? You know, Jesus didn't just, didn't just teach principles. He taught practices. He gave people something to do. He didn't just teach them about forgiveness. He told them to forgive their debtors. What is that? That's action. When there was a call for repentance, you know what that call was for when Elizabeth was up here talking? It was a call for action. It was a call for someone to act like they're a follower of Christ. If you never repent, there's a problem. If you never forgive, we need to look, we, we, you, I need to look at myself and say, am I really a follower of Christ? Who says I am? Now, I, I, I'll just, I, well, I don't want to say that. I'm not going to say it. He gave people something to do. He didn't just talk about love as a concept, whether it's eros or phileo or agape. He told them to love their enemies. He didn't just tell people to think about changing their behavior. He told them to repent. What is repent? Change their action. Is that challenging? As the teaching profession has risen to its place of primacy 
in the evangelical church, so also has the focus been on principles. Because that's how teachers think. That's how I think. With the church offering the principles of everything you would ever want to know about anything, seminars. Isn't that what the church is? We'll just talk about anything that you might need help on anything in any way. It has become painfully obvious that what we need is not more information, but more formation. More transformation. We need to, again, learn to minor in principles and major in practices. We are known by our fruit. You want to win the lost, show them a reason to come to what we do. Show them a reason to receive Jesus Christ. Because if all you do is tell them and then stab them in the back or cuss them out to somebody else or whatever, what, why would they want that? They've already got that. What difference do you make? When you leave here, what action defines you as a follower of Christ? Changing your lifestyles, changing your mannerisms, your responses is no easy task. When learning something new like riding a bike or parallel parking or backing up a trailer, the, rewi- the required movements is awkward and even sometimes counterintuitive. Under the normal circumstance, sometimes you even have to do the opposite of what you think you should do. Have you ever backed up a trailer or just learned and someone's with you and they tell you to turn the wheel one way so it'll go the other way? It makes no sense. Have you ever tried to back up a wagon with another axle? I'm telling you what, you'll be ready to cry. It is very difficult. To, it's, it's difficult to back up a, a trailer with no turning axle, but try backing up a wagon. You'll be out there all day. And you'll never get it where it needs to go. It is very tough. Do you remember the Seinfeld episode where George Costanza decided to try to do everything opposite of his normal decision-making process? And it wound up being the right decision every time? It's hard to change. We have to practice the movements in order to make them a part of our everyday lives. And we typically, when we're doing that, have somebody running beside. It's like when my daughter was learning to ride a bike. It makes no sense. This doesn't feel right. But there's daddy hanging on. I'm not going to let you fall. I may pick you up by your hair, but I won't let you fall. You're not going anywhere. I got you by the back of the shirt. Tuck your shirt in. Make sure it's tucked in real good because I got you by the shirt. You're not going to fall. And all of a sudden, it starts to work. How can you be on something that you have to completely balance, but in order to turn when you're going a certain speed, you have to lean. You want to lean the other way because you feel like you're going to fall. Nope, hang in there with it. It'll come back to you. Do you see what I'm saying? It's the same way with our walk. We have to, we have to look and make decisions to look like we're a follower. We're not playing a game. But am I really a follower of Christ? Take a hard look. At your life, are you a follower of Christ? Do your actions and words prove it? Or do you just have knowledge of Christ? You can talk the talk, but do you walk the walk? Not perfectly, of course, but are you trying? Being a follower of Jesus is a call of action. A call to action. Our church through Caleb responded with a call to action. 
There were a few that took off and just went to Nashville. There were many that were praying. There were many that, that were following up. Um, I believe that you personally had, had, a, had a move of God, but I believe we had a move of God on behalf of you in Hilton Head. It's amazing how God moves. And the, the song that had been given to Elizabeth was the song that the church we went to sang. Now, that may sound like coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence. And she didn't even realize they'd sung it. <laughs> they did it so differently, she didn't even recognize the song. <laughs> but it was the same song. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. People drove to Nashville to pray, to support, to cry, to be there. Caleb responded to the doctor's report that he would be there for two weeks. He said, no, I won't. The Lord's going to move and I'm going to walk out of here. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. I want to encourage you today. This is a call to action. Go out of here today. And show the world that you're a follower of Christ. And you don't have to do it beating them down with scripture. Do it by loving them. Do it by caring for them. Do it by providing for them. The Lord will meet your need for provision. The Lord's really speaking to me about how to how to move when he moves. You don't have to have any resource. You just have to move. God moved. Jesus moved with what the people had. When he fed the 5,000, he moved in what they had. When there's a call to pray, pray. When someone has a need, meet it. Don't wait for someone else to meet it. Meet it. Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I'll give you. It's time to move. It's time to quit talking. There is a scripture that that says when the children of Israel were being uh, released out of Israel and God had parted the waters and Moses wanted to pray again. And scripture says, stop praying. Forward, march. Moses, you've already prayed. The waters are parted. What else do you want me to do? Walk. Go. Now, I want to encourage you, even in the smallest ways. It's time we bear fruit. And it's going to be awkward. But go ahead. Today's awkward won't be awkward tomorrow. Have you ever noticed that? What you try to do today, tomorrow doesn't seem quite as tough. But does your life really reflect a life of following Christ? Amen? Let's stand up together. Father, I just pray over each and every one here. Lord, I hope to just stir in our minds, Lord, are we really walking this thing out? In your minds, Lord, do you see us as a follower of you? Or just someone who's, uh, this is going to sound tough, playing a game. I think we're doing the best that we know. But I hope today you know a little bit more. 
it's time to really make a difference. Church, it's time that Church on the Hill really starts to make impact in our community. Not because we come up with a program, but because we're so filled with His love and His power that we can't help it. Church, let me confess to you for just a minute. We were over in the uh, all good housing, and it was time for them to come out and eat. And somebody needed to go knock on the doors to tell them to come on out. And I got asked to go knock on four units. And I thought, I don't want to do that. That's uncomfortable. I've never knocked on doors. I don't like people that knock on doors. I don't like people to knock on my door. But everybody else is going. They're looking at me. If I'm not willing to go, why would anybody do it? So I thought, okay. This is not my normal response, but okay. Went and knocked on a door, nobody was there. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm just trying to be real with you. As your pastor, everybody thinks, oh, he just praises the Lord all the time. It's not, it's not that way. It's, a, it's an effort for me. But I knocked on the next door, and here comes a family. Hey, we're not out here, we're not out here to solicit anything. We just have some food and we've got some stuff we want to give you. Would you please come join us? Well, sure. Thank you so much. And you know what? The next door was easier. And the next door was easier. And you know what? They wouldn't have come out had I not knocked on the door. Now, I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. But I'm telling you, you're going to be blessed and you're going to change somebody's life. Father, I ask you to help us. To have courage to go out and to be salt. To be salt and to try, Lord. Just help us, Lord. I so desire to bear fruit. And Lord, I can't but bear good fruit if I'm not good. And Lord, only you can make us good. But Lord, we come in here and we get filled with your presence and your power. And we heal, hear about healing and power. And Lord, that's not for it to be cooped up in us but to be released out. Help us, Lord. Maybe you've never made that full commitment to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've said the prayer. Maybe you've come to church, but you've never really given your life to Jesus. Would you do that today? Maybe you are so in need of healing or breakthrough that you just need somebody to pray with. Well, I want you to know we're here to pray with you today. Walk this aisle in just a moment and let us pray with you. But those that are ministering, come on down. And I just want to give you a, a, a moment to be prayed for. If that's you, step on out this morning and let us pray for you. Amen.